That was our first. That was our first. We're only twenty eight seconds into recording, and we don't need to edit that. That's done. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm helping you. I'm just gonna cut you saying that out just to prove a point. Fine. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of The Variety Show. I'm Pete and this is Matt. Hello. I see you've like just taken control of the full intro so that I can't speak until you allow me. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I think you'll find it's worked perfectly for the first time. Yeah, that was very smooth. That, like, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Yep. Um, uh, so we're recording this the day before it goes live. Yep. Which means it's a lovely, sort of sunny Sunday morning. Is it? Well, it is in the south. Not, I don't know what it's like in the grim north. It's not bloody sunny up here. We have had schizophrenic weather all week to the point I got sunburnt beyond anything I've ever been sunburnt in my life on Tuesday and then drenched to the skin in thunderstorms yesterday. Well, it's been pretty glorious down here. But I I, I did want to bring up one thing with you, which happened last night. We uh, I don't know if we've talked about the fact that every Saturday we've been watching classic Eurovisions together. Um, no, I think we've barely mentioned Eurovision on this show at all. Well, no, we haven't mentioned the classic, <laughs> the classic versions. No, and uh, and every week we have the same issue, which is my internet is slightly faster than yours somehow, <laughs> and so my when we start the live broadcast, I'm about ten seconds ahead. Yes, and so we have to wait for a point where I can hear your version through your headphones, and then hit pause yes. and wait you to catch up and then then it's fine Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to ask if you'd been able to explain (laughs) how that worked to your boyfriend because last night you were screaming at him no no it's live you can't fast forward because it's live and i literally was on my hands and knees on the floor with laughter because <laughs> so <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't this is what you we couldn't explain it no. to him and he couldn't comprehend that he couldn't fast forward it so we're on what week week 15 16 of, of I, these I things think, now I, uh maybe 14 but okay. yes we've had the same issue every week for a long time and um yeah so and it is just literally like we both start it's a live broadcast we can't really control where we are and it's just live and, uh, and every single week we've had the same conversation where where he just is like well let me just let me just push it forward 10 seconds <laughs> and yeah. i then have to try and explain that no we're live we can't go forward we can't break the physics of time <laughs> it broke me last night it really did <laughs> yeah you just kept screaming it's live and it 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 felt very much like Doctor Frankenstein. <laughs> you just kept, you just kept screaming. It's live to him. I mean, and, we did have thunder and, the problem, and lightning. So the problem the problem that that also meant was that you were screaming at him, so I couldn't hear the program and all I needed was for you both to be quiet for 10 seconds and then I would fix it like I had done 13 previous times I mean what's that I mean like I understand that it's a slightly confusing thing to grasp but like it's just that also like what 13 14 times in that still thinking that pushing a live broadcast 10 seconds into the future is just easier 
the new yeah. pausing for 10 seconds. Yes, but at the same time, I mean, the problem, it's a very, it's a, I, I, I do understand, I do understand his issue because for 13 weeks I've been telling him that You're ahead. I'm 10 seconds ahead yes. and therefore in theory, yes, he should just be able to go 10 <laughs> seconds ahead. But um, we can't because we're both at the furthest live point yes, on our streams. Yes. <laughs> yes. It just takes 10 seconds longer for the internet to reach the north, apparently. <laughs> well, that would it would seem so. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I mean, it's it's been mm-hmm. it's been 14 hours and I'm still very happy about it. <laughs> it's alive. It's yeah. alive. You were saying it much angrier. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were like, it's live! It's live Okay. <laughs> um uh, I do wish I do if I hadn't have been doubled over I would have tried to record it in some <laughs> way. <laughs> because you were so angry. On the upside though, um, last night's Eurovision was and I will say the word, it was a banger it was a banger 2014 nearly from start to finish yeah not a single bad song even the bad songs were just mediocre to good songs in another year i mean no i I can still sing it oh i didn't mean iceland's polka punk (laughs) i meant san marino's maybe i meant Mm. montenegro's can't remember the name i meant Mm. slovenia's round and round Mm. handily though i think this is all going to be very topical because i think if I'm remembering correctly, the order we've got things in today, that today's let's just stake on it is going to attack you for enjoying this. Quite possibly. Mm. While we're while we're attacking things that we love, mm-hmm. Netflix have released a new film, mm. <laughs> um, and it's a Eurovision story, it the story of uh, the story of Fire Saga, mm-hmm. and it's starring Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and I can never remember her name, Rachel the girl McAdams. from Mean Girls. That's it. Um, our mutual friend told me about this. Mm-hmm. Our other mutual friend <laughs> has seen it and apparently thinks it's great yes he he has um, been messaging me literally so this morning i have four messages that just say have you seen the eurovision movie yet okay how about now how about now so my only thing that i've messaged him for the last 48 hours is just the word nope <laughs> i've said it approximately 12 times now i do have to say so on twitter i was having a little look on twitter this morning and um the actual prevailing opinion on twitter seems to be that it's not that bad but i think this is like the kind of so the immediate was like oh my god it's going to be absolutely atrocious and then everyone's gone in going right well it's gonna hate watch it and it's gonna be atrocious and then they've gone oh this is actually moderately more charming than I was expecting mm, but it's only no. it's only comparison it's like when I subjected myself to the Holmes and Watson movie that everyone said was the worst movie of the year and it was the worst movie of the year but it just wasn't terrible because I was expecting the worst movie of the year it might be like that or it might just be terrible. Okay, well, I'm not going to find out, and what? this is I'm just I'm just putting this on record um, that uh, under no circumstances are we doing a puffs on the telly about this film <laughs> because I wholeheartedly, un- unreservedly refuse to give them the stream. Well, I have considered just watching. illegally pirating it so that at least they don't get the number. <laughs> no, no. Doesn't count? Okay. Well, can we at least do our intro on it next uh, in our next episode when I will have watched it? I mean, that'll be two weeks' time, possibly. <laughs> Your will anger you have might have faded by then? by then. Yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight. I, I don't think my anger will have faded. <laughs> Your anger never diminishes, so that's fine. What have we got for us in- today, episode-wise? Here's me skimming uh, past your anger here, because otherwise <laughs> the timer is ticking up and I know how long this one could keep you sustained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
This will be on my other podcast, What Makes Pete Angry Today. It's only got one listener, and I pay him 55 quid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so today, uh, we've got a, a, my version of our new segment, Bad News, yep. after your good news. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so happy that I, I got to. I was about to say, I'm I love so that you're like. I got to read depressing stories. I love that you're about like, to complain um, about that as if, like, having just moaned about how you hate everything, it isn't just demonstrating your brand. Yeah, but you haven't seen the bad news I've come up with. Like, they're not fun. No, I know. All right, carry on. Puffs on the telly's back. Yeah, it was meant um, to be back last episode yes um uh, it was meant to be back last episode i even edited um, it did all the work <laughs> yeah but matt forgot to put it in and it did take you until driving, i was gonna say it took you till last night to notice that it wasn't in I, i'll be honest so I, I i i was listening to the episode as i drove home from leaving my boyfriend back at his house mm-hmm um, ah and, yes, the great explosion it, it, of it was the it, it was the first time we'd seen each other in eighty three days, mm-hmm. um, and I thought as I drove back, so I'd driven him home, and I thought, oh, I, I must listen, to, I must just check the edit mm-hmm. um, before uploading it. Uh, and I mean, I was listening, but I wasn't concentrating because I was also driving and mm-hmm. also just very happy. Yeah, um, after all, your bubble had blown. <sighs> <laughs> so coarse. I've been holding on to that joke for ages. <laughs> Have you? Yes. Eighty-three days. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I I didn't notice that there wasn't a movie <laughs> review, even though we talked about four of them. There's there's a there's a person in the telly coming up. Uh, I'm going to eat a steak while Matt rants about something inconsequential. Uh, we've got a couple of your, our games are back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now we're going to talk about um, something fun in the main point. Absolutely. Next. Next. The main point. The main point. The main point. I don't know why you've started saying it yourself, Matt. I think it's like you finally worked <laughs> out what it's called. And you're just excited. <laughs> Only took a year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, I sent you this a while ago. This there's a story from the end of May um, related to COVID-19 and it was about a man who is worried that the rainbow flag is losing its importance for the LGBT community because it has been co-opted by all of the rainbows in people's houses to support the NHS. Yes. I have some words for Alex32 from Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, and they Before, are we don't own the rainbow the rainbow flag represents us as an umbrella community but we do not own rainbows get over your, get over yes. yourself just before we discuss any of it I've done, you, I'm done I'm done you want a shorter segment no. and I've just done it in 2 minutes and 20 no, seconds no 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 what I want to know is well, not, but like why have they gone with the rainbow for the NHS um because it was it was a, a mother decided to get her kids to do something bright and fun and put it in yeah, a window okay. and then posted it either on Facebook or Mumsnet or Twitter or something that allowed it to go viral and then other people right. were like that's a really nice idea and it gets it gives the kids something to do and then everyone did it yeah it sounds like a mum's net thing um okay I agree. 
we don't own the rainbow and i especially agree because to the this date my mother is unaware that the rainbow equals gay rights and still thinks of it as noah and the art right okay and i was a bit kind of rolling my eyes all the way through well i did see a lot of people kind of complaining and kicking off about it and i think it's always a bad look to kind of complain about something that's essentially good faith and supposed to be about you know wholesomeness and the good of mankind the only thing that kind of swayed me a little bit was when i did see someone wrote an article about um that it slightly undermines one of the things that the rainbow flag is for which is symbolizing that you're going to be safe in an environment so that their argument was that you used to be if you know if you saw someone if you saw a, a building that had the rainbow flag you would know it was gay friendly or if you saw someone who'd posted the rainbow flag on their social media you would know that they would be kind of open yes. to uh, uh, that kind of thing and now what you've got is you know your your bigoted drunk uncle is also posting the rainbow thing and you now long you can now no longer use that symbolism to know whether you're safe to be yourself in that environment and that is something i do sort of recognize that it has in some way diluted that element of it uh, of being able to 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 see the symbol and understand immediately what that means and, and 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 the level of um kind of safety that you have with it that said it's it's a symbol you can't symbols aren't just decided you can't just tell someone this is what we're doing now uh if you could then the kind of the updated rainbow flag with the with the additional stripes on it would have just it yeah we would have just like <laughs> decreed a mandate and we'd be like this is ours now this is what we're doing and that's not how it happens it kind of re- requires mass consensus and if mass consensus is that everyone starts using it to represent the nhs at this time then that's what it represents we can't change that and we don't own the right to we can be you know personally a little bit kind of miffed that it's happened and feel like it's a loss personally but in principle that's just what happens with symbols it's how these things work yeah on friday i went for a little drive because i had the day off and couldn't do anything else and i ended up in clacton on sea which seemed nice enough but also in part seemed pretty rough and in one of the rough parts there was a load of um st george's crosses on various people's houses and i was like fair enough i know Mm. i know where i am now i'm in the middle of essex and everyone's white uh and then but then there was a a house that had uh, a, a one st george's cross and then rainbow bunting and mm. for a split second, I was like, oh, you're a brave guy. Put, put it, hmm. you know, being so open about being gay. And then I was like, oh, no, hold on. I bet he's just really proud of the NHS. Yeah. And so that made me think, well, yeah, actually, your point about it's a symbol of safety. The thing is that over the last few years, because so many corporations have been like, yeah, we're happy to be gay. We're happy. We want the pink pond. Yeah. They've put rainbows on everything. So the rainbow colors rather than the rainbow flag the rainbow colors have become more accepted more part of a design aesthetic i just keep coming back to we don't own the rainbow we don't even own the pride flag it just represents us i don't want Mm. the pride flag to be co-opted by the nhs and for it to become the symbol of the nhs but i'm perfectly happy for people to go this is a weird time. We want to show our support for the NHS. We want to give the kids something to do that's fun. And let's all put rainbows in our windows. Isn't that nice? And it is nice and it's fine. I don't feel I don't feel like the symbol that represents my community has been watered down by the fact that the kids in the flat across the street drew some pretty rubbish rainbows and put them on the window. I don't yet, but I think that's at a minute because it, it feels temporary. 
and I, I don't think this kind of the hot the rainbow thing as the NHS was going to outlast COVID. To be no, honest. Um, I mean, and how I many an element of how it. many times can you get the kid to do a rainbow? Quite a lot. It's a really easy one to do. Yeah, but <laughs> like there's whole kids songs about the colours. Fine. There was um, it's sort of somewhere in the middle of all this. There was a, a brief um Twitter controversy of the day, which was um a bisexual organisation uh in America briefly deciding that they were going to. Um, issue uh, legal takedowns to any single person that they saw using the bisexual flag because they claimed that they had uh, had copyrighted it which was i mean it was an it was an absolute car crash that was beautiful to watch because they had no le- you you can't copyright the flag in that case and they hadn't anyway yeah. so it was just a bizarre self-immolation of a of what was supposed to be you know someone uh, an organization that was you know supposed to be like promoting bisexual rights or visibility that just sort of blew itself up but it did get a lot of people talking about whether we do actually have ownership over the flags whether they are just communally owned and the whole point really was that nobody owned them that they someone could not use them as a i mean they can be used commercially of course they can be used commercially but the point is that no one could exercise their ownership over it to uh, control other people with it they're always meant to just be owned by people and what comes along with that is the possibility that it can kind of be used by other people i guess i i sort of see what i feel like an echo is and it's just reminding me because you talked about seeing the st george's flag and i do see people having that fight about the st george's flag that they're like no it's just it's just a symbol of england it's just the english flag and everyone else knows that if you see someone hanging you know hanging the st george flag it it's also code for a bit racist and a bit brexity and lots of other things that come along with it yeah and that's that thing, you know, it's what, what people choose to use a symbol for then becomes what it's for. We don't have any control about that. And we can be upset about it. But ultimately, at this point, that's what the English flag now comes to represent. That's, you know, the same thing could happen with the rainbow flag. It's just not there right now. That's that said, interesting. It's not the worst thing. If the rainbow flag also becomes associated with a caring profession, I can deal with that. Yeah. And a national institution that, for the most part, regardless of per- personal politics, everyone loves um, you, by the way, apparently are the first person, first English person I've ever heard point out that St George's flag is code for being a bit racist. The, yeah, oh, really? As English, <laughs> okay. Welsh, or as Irish, Welsh, Scottish, we all know what it means. They've chosen yeah. England over uh, the UK and it means mm. bit racist and also likely to point out that you're from Wales. Well done. You're a trailblazer, Matt. <laughs> I don't think I am. Uh, no, I mean, I just take that. If I see someone that, if, like, if I see someone with the St. George's Cross flag in a window, I'm like, oh, you're a bit of a dick. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's, it's the same It's the same argument in America about, like, the Confederate flag over there as well for the same thing. It's just, it, it's, it's not about what it historically represented. It's about what it now represents when people use it, and it's the same principle. Mm. You know, you can't control that, but... So, yeah. Um, I think this might be one for us to revisit in a year when we see how well this symbolism has stuck around. Such ambition that we're all going to be alive in a year. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But Next. Good news, bad news. Bad news. Bad news. I mean, I don't, I don't really understand okay. this segment. So, but... would you like me to recap for our dear listeners? Okay. Yes, recap for so, them. So, five headlines, four of which are real, one of which is made up. I have to guess which one is made up. I pick cheery and quirky news. You pick depressing, awful news because you know we have a brand. Right, and uh, I'd also just like to caveat that that Matt came up <laughs> with this idea, and Matt has told me that I'm to pick bad depressing news so 
grit. Such fun finding this this morning. It's not not put a dent in my day at all. I collect mine over two weeks. It's not my fault if you'd wait until the morning before and had to just Google bad things happening in the world. I didn't Google bad things that happened in the world. I just read the news. Right, so we have five headlines. These are are all um, right. So, uh, Grindr has not removed their ethnicity filter a month after saying they would because of the Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. protests. MPs and campaigners have accused the BBC of being institutionally homophobic. Mm -hmm. The man who replaced Harvey Milk on San Francisco's Board of Supervisors has died. Mm -hmm. The creator of Father Ted has been banned from Twitter permanently Mm -hmm. over anti-trans comments. That was correct, I know that one. And uh, Children's Drag Queen Story R reading has been cancelled after online complaints. Okay. So the Graham Linehan's definitely been banned off Twitter, uh, and it's about bloody yep. time. Um, Can I just ask, does that mean that we can't watch Father Ted anymore? Uh, and the It Crowd and other things. I never watched that. <laughs> um, I feel like that's a whole main point at some point and oh. um, the last one so about the drag queen story time i've had very seen various articles about these happening but where is this particular one uh this one was going to happen in leeds okay. in a at live minute break. like now in lockdown uh yeah it was going to be an online it was going to be an online stream right, okay. the drag queen was going to be in a library okay. and uh reading okay. and it was going to be uh an online which drag queen for the for the children uh i think she's called ada b ada hd <laughs> okay there's no way you could have come up with that off the top of your head quickly so i think that one's true unless okay i don't i don't i, I don't get that joke by the way whatever the joke adhd oh that one is real. <laughs> <laughs> your own wonderment at the story okay <laughs> well it's very clear i'm always surprised when a drag queen's very clever yeah, with the name it's like well and then it's terrible when they've put all their effort yep. into the name and then the act's okay. bad so four out of five uh four and five are correct uh so the hard Harvey Milk, the person who followed on from Harvey Milk, could be true. I yeah. feel like we're probably we would be at that kind of stage of life. I mean, Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk died forty-two years yeah. ago. Exactly. So if someone took over from him who was in their thirties or forties, then they would be sort of in their seventies or eighties now. So that that's that adds up. So maybe that one. Uh, my first. So uh, BBC have accused uh, though presenters and various people have accused the BBC of being institutionally homophobic. MPs and campaigners. MPs and campaigners have accused. have accused the BBC of being institutionally homophobic. Okay. It's vague enough that I feel like that's true. If you were lying to me, you'd have picked a more specific thing than MPs and campaigners. And my first one, what was the first one? That uh, a month after saying they would uh, remove yes. the ethnicity filter, okay. Grinder have not removed the ethnicity I filter. I think that one's the lie. I think they did do it. I thought I'd seen that they'd actually taken it off. I mean, not that everyone complained that that was a bit meaningless anyway, but so that's what I'm going with. So I'm going, you're, you're I, I going, think, I think Grinder have actually done that. Well, uh, you're okay. wrong. Uh, they haven't. Great. Uh, it's, it's been pointed out that there have been six updates to the app in the last month and the ethnicity filter is still there and being pr- actively promoted in paid advertising. Great, good old grinder. Good old grinder. No fats, no fans, mm. no blacks, no yeah. Asians. Uh, really, really doing well for their yeah. brand. Um, I mean, so, yes. so they, so they managed to get the double whammy of bad publicity because everyone mocked them when they said they were going to do it as if that made a difference and then they haven't done it so now they're also going to be dragged yeah. for that okay perfect yeah ADHD mm-hmm. was meant to do an online uh, story reading in drag 
uh, from a Leeds library and online comments from uh, some of the some parents um, raised concerns about misogyny and paedophilia. So the council decided that it was best to, to cancel the event a day in, in advance I mean, and, so uh, and address those concerns. I've seen... Wow. Okay. That won't at all yeah. fired. I mean, I've seen some that have been cancelled over fears of safety and things like that because they've had like literally threats of people showing up and, and protesting them. I do feel like if it's going to be yeah. online, it really just like... They're not even... Like, if you're in yeah. the library and there is an event happening, yeah. I can... Although I don't agree with the idea that parents could be like, oh my God, drag queens, am I going to corrupt my children or anything like that? I do at least see how if it's in an actual library, there's a degree to which the parent then is like, they don't have a choice about it happening almost because it's... Hap- you know, you could be in there without an awareness. But joining an actual online... Like, this is presumably if you are watching it, it's because you chose to or your parents are fine with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's... Yes. Also... Um, I don't know when you last went to a library, but if you remember, I worked mm-hmm. in one. If if you walk into the library or you're, you've been there for half an hour with your children, looking at books, yeah. having a wonderful time, and then suddenly Bob turns up and he's in a dress and he's like, we're going to read some books now, mate. Uh, but, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. You're not locked no, in. No, 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 I you agree. Yes. Yeah, no, no, that's, right? I do you're, agree with that. Yeah. Very rarely are you held hostage in a library by a drag queen. I'm sure it's happened to be once. held hostage in a library by a drag queen, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but yes, I, I, it, it, is, it is utterly ridiculous mm. and very sad. Also, um, when you mentioned concerns about safety, uh, the drag queen's um, real name and address were wow. published online. So he is... Seriously? He, he, That's like... He went, he went to the police because he was scared for his safety because of some of the things that were said and about to clarify, so being published, who published by as in, say, people that... that I'm not entirely sure. had got a hold of it, because that's a pretty standard Twitter thing, doxing. Um, yeah. Not, but I, the way you described it was as if, like, a newspaper had, like, in, back in the old days, like, when you got... You know, I'm not... I don't, I don't that, think so. Yeah. I think it, it was almost certainly... Almost certainly an online crusader. Yeah, okay. um, the fact that yes, uh, Graham Linehan has been banned from Twitter over anti-trans mm-hmm. comments, which I just read briefly I mean, he's a uh, because I didn't. I didn't really even cunt. want to read. <laughs> yeah, well, quite. No, you use that word a lot. Is that the endearing no, word? No, that, that's not the endearing it, or is, word. It's, I okay. use cunt endearingly, but I restrain from using it on the podcast endearingly. So if I use it on the podcast, oh, I, I mean I it with its full force. Right. Um, so yeah, so he's done. So we'll discuss further Ted off air. The man who replaced Harvey Milk on San Francisco's Board of Supervisors unfortunately has died. I knew his name at the start of this recording, but it's been nine minutes now and I can't remember <laughs> now. Uh, but he was also openly LGBT yeah. and he served for 12 years when he replaced okay. Harvey Milk. Um, but he has... Uh, he is, I mean, they, they kept saying he had tragically died and he had, yeah. I mean, all deaths are a tragedy, uh, but like, at the well, same time. It's... All deaths are a tragedy, <laughs> but uh, the, from the article that it, I read, he seemed to have died that's from what old say. age. It, given the trash um, fire that is 2020, to have passed away in your 80s of old age peacefully <laughs> in 2020, yeah. I think you're probably on the win, like winning, on the winning side. Yeah, yeah. 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 Also to have been a gay man in San Francisco in the 80s and passed away in 2020 is probably pretty special. 
So, uh, I used your method. Okay. Um, and MPs and campaigners have not been accused of institutional homophobia at the no, BBC. And the other way around. They were accusing the BBC. Um, oh, sorry. They've not accused the BBC of institutional okay. homophobia. They've accused it of institutional transphobia. Oh, okay. I mean, that is such a minor Which is so tweak. much better. <laughs> they, have, uh, they have written to um, the BBC Director General saying that there are too many anti-trans... Uh, opinions being put into stories mm. and that the coverage of JK Rowling's mm. uh, remarks uh, last month or this month no last month who knows, who knows <laughs> sometime she's done she's had a few but that they were uh, they were too uh, too weighted on, on anti-trans right, okay. anti-trans uh, on the anti-trans side so yeah so you were wrong still that was fun such fun. I mean, I got to read about uh, racism, homophobia, transphobia, death, the set. and more transphobia. <laughs> transphobia. I did try and keep it as light as possible. <laughs> Only one person died. Well, I appreciate the effort. Next. Next. Puffs on the telly. Puffs on the telly. Puffs on the telly. So. Except technically today's has no puffs on the telly. It's just no. it's just a, a lovely tale of uh, of desperately seeking youth uh, with lots of bitchy women in fabulous costumes. So I have no idea why the gays love it. Honestly, it it. I mean, I think I've written down somewhere. This is the shadiest film that has ever ever been uh, made. Like there's no <laughs> okay. there are no characters. There are no gay characters. But it's definitely, like, the most, like... They just insult each other to their faces constantly with smiles. Even to the point yep. where they call... They, they, their names for each other are mad and hell. Yep. And it's just, like, no one's shortened Helen to hell before. Should we Should we maybe explain? <laughs> oh, <laughs> explain what so film we're, we're talking about? <laughs> we're talking about Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her, which I have not seen on stage only because I forgot to buy our tickets, but I meant to go see um, Peaches Christ and Jinx Monsoon, who did a tour of it, and Ben De La Creme, I think, who did yep. a tour of it. The drag version uh, as Drag Becomes Her, it and I was, failed to get tickets, which was, was really annoying. wonderful. No, <laughs> the one thing I will say is it was, it was wonderful. It was slightly tainted by me not doing my research. I took my boyfriend. Okay. And... I think I bought it for Christmas present and it was in May uh, of last year, obviously. Um, And I think it was about an hour before the show that I asked if he liked the film and he said he'd never seen the (laughs) film or heard of the film and didn't really understand what... um, I mean... So, like, lots of... Lots of the... He he enjoyed it because, obviously, it's still fun, but he probably got... He probably got about sixty to seventy percent of the jokes because the other thirty yeah. to forty percent were like Easter eggs for people who'd seen the film and knew the film inside out. Okay. I mean, how how much did it stick to it? Because I have seen I saw their version of Hocus Pocus and it wasn't exactly you know to the script. It was brilliant, but it didn't really follow the script. And as far as I'm aware, so a friend of mine was in the show playing Anna Nicole Smith, who is not a major part of the. Um, Plot, as far as I recall, no, Death well, Becomes Her. So, film at all. But yes, she she. I can't remember what she did. This is Donna Trump. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. She played a number of 
roles, including the French beautician. Okay. Um, I can't remember why Anna Nicole Smith was there, but things like being pushed down the stairs, um, the like Jinx to sort of walk to the side of the stage and she was like oh no don't push me down the stairs that everyone can see <laughs> um, there was lots of lots of breaking the fourth wall lots of breaking character because okay. they just forgot the lines um, bits so, of costume so all of the work. it was very much drag panto yes because all of the iconic things in, in Death Becomes Her are highly impossible to stage yes so, <laughs> you're gonna throw yourself down a lot of stairs you've got the, the hole in the stomach Brenda Creme had a hole in her stomach which was very much stuck onto the outside of her <laughs> uh, of her top they both obviously were also called Ben and yep. Jinx they, they yep. it was it was their um, they weren't playing Madeline and, and Helen and uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting to to watch Jinx Monsoon transform from um, a slightly chubby uh, man in, in a bodysuit, and then tell you that he had got a lot thinner because obviously <laughs> there was no CGI, so he just had to act like he was now rakishly thin and that his boobs were higher and all of this sort of stuff. Okay, um, yeah. Also, okay. just to rub it in that you didn't go, that was the night that Patricia Quinn from oh, really? um, of Magenta fame from Rocky Horror Picture Show was just casually in the audience. She came up, she took some questions, she did a bye. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, yeah, not to rub it in. No. Fuck you. Okay, so the film. I feel like you have some thoughts. <laughs> so, the film. I love it. Um, what? So, spoiler alert. Because I was now watching. I've, I've, I've watched it again, but took notes for the first time. I mean, I I know pretty much every line. I know every scene. I've seen it so many times. But um, one thing I never noticed was that the title music is very similar to the title music of Clue, which came out seven years before. I guess so. Also... Not, uh, I think it's the same composer, isn't it? They're both I'm, not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, also, the on at least two... I think it's two different nights that uh, there's a massive thunderstorm with heavy rain in L.A. Yes. Um, <laughs> one of my friends who lives in L.A., who used to live in London... Uh, he's been there for like three or four years now and he's like every time it rains people just call in sick because they don't like no one knows how to drive it it's like when British people when, <laughs> yeah, when get British snow. people get snow so I really enjoyed how much heavy rain there was <laughs> in a famously now 20 25 years later <laughs> drought ridden area the group therapy session oh yes <laughs> it makes me I imagine this is so what your much. therapist is like whenever you say no. a certain name as well no he's only done it once <laughs> <laughs> he's only done that once but like the the true horror on all of the other patients faces <laughs> because they know what's coming <laughs> and then it comes and also, <laughs> Goldie Hawn's in a fat suit. And, yeah. you know, like, a woman who who famously throughout the 80s, 90s and noughts was regarded as, as astonishing for how, how little she'd aged, how slim she was, yep. how beautiful she was when she was 
40, 50, 60 years old. And and then she's like, yeah, put me in a, in a massive fat suit. That's fine. Give, give, me, give me a big old fringe. Very happy with that. That was before that kind of thing won you an Oscar. Well, indeed. Did you uh, did you want to jump in with anything, or do you want me to just keep? Well, I have some notes? questions about I have some questions about the context in cinema history because I can't remember any of it. So, first of all, what year did it come 1992. out? Nineteen ninety two. Ninety two. The effects are brilliant yes. for nineteen ninety two. Like they stand up. So we well we watched it in HD, and the only thing I would know is that the one flaw in HD in it is that it, you end up in a movie that's supposed to be about you know like uh, women obsessed with their looks and how you know all the, and you end up looking going ooh that makeup's a bit rough in HD oh, really? but it's only over the beauty makeup the actual effects makeup still stand up astonishingly well okay so 92 so where does that put us for Bruce Willis uh, sorry this is so that, that's no 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 so like his career so this is before Sixth Sense so like before his renaissance yes it's before, is it just like is it after die hard is he just playing hard. against type yeah but is this like the big shock of like the die hard guy who plays against type or um, what had he done around about now i mean i don't know let me see i mean is it like the equivalent of like oh look arnold schwarzenegger in comedy well i mean this is you this is I mean? this is around the same same time as arnold schwarzenegger was doing twins and junior true yeah it's true you know um god bruce willis has worked for a long time so death becomes her i mean he'd already done moonlighting for four series which yeah. was kind of a um kind I of guess, a comedy yeah. um he'd done uh look who's talking to where he was the the voice and okay. he's talking obviously but he had also done two yeah he'd done two diehards by this point i mean he was known for both yeah yeah okay yeah I, those are, the, the but one he thing hadn't was, become like, so full. He hadn't become full. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, national institution. Yeah. Well, no, he was national institution, but he hadn't become a full-on action star. I mean, after this, okay. is when you get Twelve Monkeys, Fifth Element, Another Die Hard, right, Pop okay. Fiction, Jackal, yeah. Siege, Alan right, okay. McBeal for okay. some reason, Sixth okay. Sense. I don't know. I mean, like '92. It's quite a ballsy movie to have two leading Hollywood women basically do a show about being old about getting old yeah but didn't they do well and the other thing because I, I was trying to work out when if it's uh, because the weird thing of course watching it so far afterwards is I was looking at some of the earlier stuff where I was like oh I think they've aged the actresses up a bit so that later on they aged them down yeah so once they but of course we now know what they look like older so it was really hard I actually didn't spot it until they sort of aged her down when I was like oh she must have been in some form of makeup Meryl Streep's character like before this uh, but I just sort of know Meryl Streep is older now Meryl Streep was only 43 okay uh, and Goldie Hawn was 45, 46. And they're both meant to be stunningly beautiful and 50. So right. I, yeah. I, I think they probably... Because I also thought... I also wondered whether or not they'd they'd aged them up in order to age Initially, them down. Yeah. I can't imagine all three... Or Meryl Streep and Bruce Willis both had terrible hands. Yes. Like, there's no way that's real. So I'm just, I'm just Googling. And can I just say... Dakota has held up quite well. Okay. Um, <laughs> he he's. I would also like to say the unsung hero and my favourite bit of the whole is film. Dakota's and I had jeans? forgotten. Yeah. It's no, 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 no. Stephanie Dakota's jeans. No, it's not. It's Isabella Rossellini. She's brilliant in it, and her costumes are amazing. I mean, her costumes are. Her costumes. Her two costumes are. I'm naked and. 
I'm naked. No, she, she has well-obscuring jewellery. Yes. yes. <laughs> Lots so of chunky jewellery that does a lot of heavy lifting. Topless with a necklace. And, uh, but they are genuinely are amazing costumes. They are. I mean, and for some reason, it takes a lot for like this is how well Goldie Hawn and and uh, and Mel Streep come out of the movie. That all I remember is them and not Isabella Rossellini yeah. at length. But having just watched it, I was like, oh my god, she's amazing in this. Her costumes are the kind of thing that you would see advertised on Wish. That's how people look <laughs> in the Wish adverts. <laughs> and when they show up, it's like a plastic bag full of beads. That's what you'd get. Uh, so for a very long time, so I, this came out when I was eight years old. I think I probably yep. saw it when I was about 10 or 11. Because despite how outrageous it is, and it's like genuinely confusing content for a small child i'm pretty sure yes pretty sure that i just watched it and was fine with the fact that they can't die but it did mean that for for quite a while i'm gonna say until at least my late teens i only referred to meryl streep as that woman from death becomes her i didn't know (laughs) that she'd done anything else (laughs) <laughs> so one of the greatest actresses of all of, time of all time and certainly of our lifetime I was like oh yeah she asked the woman from the film about the immortal dead I would like to note that um, so obviously like when the first Mamma Mia came out everyone was like Meryl Streep can't sing and then Death Becomes Her has an entire musical number proving the opposite yes but it, it's also just terrible it's so bad <laughs> yeah but that's it's t- intentionally terrible she can still sing true true can I just can I just do your list? No, Go on. Can I just give you my two favorite quotes? You can. Uh, so it's a, my, my my absolute favorite is Helen at Helen's book launch, and she she says uh, to to Meryl Streep, my publicist said Madeline Ashton would come to the opening of an envelope. Such horrible people. I fired her. Well, I almost fired her. And it was just... It's just like... There's no need for you to say this other than you're being a bitch. Yeah. Um, and the other one, obviously, that, is... That's, no, that scene, though, is the archetype... Like, it is the perfect... I have schemed for years and years and years, and finally I am seeing the person that I have, like, been raging about for years. Yeah. I will deliver my perfect put-down, and she does it, and it's amazing. Yeah. We could all years. wish we were that devastating yeah. in a bar. All of this has come down to this moment. It's all been yeah. planned for this sentence. And then the other one, obviously, is you're a fraud and I can see you right through you. Which <laughs> I adore. I think, I genuinely think that the hole in the stomach and all of the jokes that they do with it, they do like four. Um, yeah. they, th- they do three physical comedy jokes um, with it. Yeah. And I think that's probably what my 10-year-old brain went, this film's brilliant. Yeah. You know, they just make lots of silly jokes about the fact she's got a hole in her stomach. I watched it. The only reason I... So I didn't think I watched it until I was quite late on, like 16, 17, back in the day when you used to rent your DVDs by the post and they used to come in the post. Uh, I think it was just before I was out, but my gay friend, who was the, like the one out kid in the mm-hmm. school, had basically must, I now realise in retrospect, have gone on a, like a... He must have literally just got a list of like gay iconic films because he just kept discovering these films. So it was like Death Becomes Her. Uh, we like Queer as Folk was like the next week, Rocky Horror. So we just kept watching all these movies and it was, in retrospect, it was basically now a crash course in like uh, gay culture. I definitely, I'd say I've probably averaged watching it once a year for 20 plus years. 
Um, it feels like a movie that should have a Rocky Horror type um, following, whereby you like audience participate and stuff like that. Because I can think of so much you could do. Really? Where you all fall down the stairs and survive? Yeah, all I can really think of, I suppose, is just like spray painting each other. So yeah, no, maybe that wouldn't work. But it deserves a bigger cult audience than it has. I think it's got a decent cult audience. I mean, Peaches Geldof did a international tour True. of it. She also, did you just say Peaches Geldof? Yeah, I obviously, obviously <laughs> meant Peaches Christ. It's, totally, totally different show that would Peaches be. Peaches Geldof um, died. Next. Let's just stay on it. Okay, it's let's just stay on it. It's my turn to speak, your turn to eat. Are you prepared? I am prepared. I've just cooked a steak that was frozen a few hours ago. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. It looks a little pink in the middle, but not mm-hmm. in a good way. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's fine. I'd like to note that at the beginning of that, you were like, I'm going to use butter because I'm not a Philistine, as if proper steak cooking etiquette really applies in the case of cooking a half frozen steak it wasn't half frozen it was partially frozen (laughs) well that's the okay that's not what my radar is about anyway are you ready is the main thing (laughs) yes i am ready i have uh i have a bit of steak on my fork here and a knife to get the rest of it okay and go the only reason that eurovision again is fun is because we are all uh, all tapped in the head from lockdown were we in any other times than this bizarro lockdown experience the weekly dose of bad fashion and mediocre bangers would be draining repetitive and soul crushing and it's only because we're desperately grasping at anything even resembling human contact that eurovision again is even close to fun you're mistaking the familiarity of the faces on the screen and dimly remembering some of the songs from your thousand strong spotify players for actual interaction with other people Uh, it's a mark of how isolated we are that this is what even remotely passes for entertainment eurovision is essentially a vaccination you get a shot once a year to inoculate you against the gloominess of the other 51 weeks and that's just enough to keep you healthy and happy for next year but for it to be effective you only need a small dose if you end up with a full-blown case of it every weekend you're going to die in a messy explosion of madness and sequins i've run out of words Mm. have you run out of steak yes i know i've run out of steak (laughs) i hate you (laughs) go on no, I just I just need to collect my thoughts for a second because I don't want this to turn into the reason the podcast ends. <laughs> Couple of things. Yes. One, no one liked watching 1991. No, Get over it. That is large. This All is right? this 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 rant largely brought you to brought to you by the two and a half hours of torture you put me through watching 1991 again. No one made you. I just said, do you want to watch it? And you said, sure. How bad could it be? And then Turns we got the answer to it half hours later, yes. As I pointed out to you at the time and to other people since, if this, the 1991 was the first year I ever watched and I was six, if I'd even been ten, I don't think I'd ever have watched it again <laughs> because it was awful. The, oh, I mean, this is one of the issues, right, genuinely... My social life at the minute is talking to my parents every evening to keep them company, a video call with my boyfriend to, you know, try and maintain some form of relationship um, when we can't see each other for weeks and weeks and months and months, a quiz on a Tuesday night with my um, uni friends, which has been lovely because we've, like, reconnected properly because of this and then Eurovision again on a Saturday night 
that's that's the entire those those are my those are all of my that's social actually, interactions point out, actually, that I've had for the last two months. Whilst that's repetitive, it is actually quite a full week of social interaction. I feel like we used to have yes, less it before. Is. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's. I agree. 1991's Eurovision <laughs> was atrocious. Okay, and some of them have been equally bad. 1998, the the year the UK hosted, that Dan International was there. Not great. As a show, lots of dull songs, not very much in the way of staging, and an audience that was in suits. Mm. However, I think it's important to see where you came from, to appreciate where you are now. Okay? I know so you just mean that we Eurovision should be thankful again, that we've got good Eurovision now, but I'm choosing to take that as like a, a gay rights stance. It's important I mean, it, to know it, I, where you've come from, homosexuals. I mean it as both. I genuinely do mean it as both. You know, um, 20 years ago, Eurovision was a bit dull. Mm-hmm. And then you we know? fixed it. And, and then, over the course of the next 10 years, it was fixed as more and more of the countries went, actually, the gays love this. We should just try and appeal to them. Mm. And it became a lot flashier, a lot slicker, a lot better produced, a lot more fun. Mm. And as I said to you before, if you got someone who'd never watched any Eurovision and you made them sit through 1991 and then 2019 and you told them, this is the same show, (laughs) all that's happened is that it's evolved over the course of 30 years, they would be astonished. You know, the audience in 1991 that we watched last week Every one of them is... All the men are in tuxedos and all the women are in, like, elegant ball gowns. The whole... All of the presenters are shambolic. All of the songs are dull. The one that won was the only one that was a bit, you know, a bit upbeat. All of the rest of them were, like, morose ballads. So, in short, you don't really have any strong feelings on the subject. I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> to be fair, though, no, I mean, like... So, obviously, obviously, I was accelerate this for the purposes of this i do actually think that the appeal of it of having been able to watch this apart from just being able to speak to each other because obviously we sit and listen through it has just been the degree of familiarity of it like that is comforting it's nice that's what it's exactly i'm sitting and watching 12 and a half hours of television tomorrow because they're all television i know and it's comforting and it's nice at this time that's not a bad yeah. thing despite why i obviously yeah. the way i just put it that's actually really nice no, and like, you know, I, um, as I've said multiple times during this recording, uh, I've been working six days a week and on my day off, I have almost exclusively for the last couple of months been binging comedy yeah. programs that I've already watched, you know, but stuff that I know I enjoy and therefore I don't have to concentrate on it. I can just enjoy it mm. because I know what the storyline's going to be. But yes, just to... Just to be very um, morose, it is. I will be sad when they stop doing Eurovision again because it is one of the four <laughs> social activities I have during the week. Next. Next. Game time. Game time. Game time. <clears throat> so we're back with the tossery of terms. Yeah. 
Matt, what do you think blue sky drinking is? Uh, it's where you, I would guess, are either willing to try literally any alcohol, either not knowing what it is or just mixing it randomly or say, oh, blue sky thinking is supposed to be thinking outside the box, isn't it, effectively, or, and making unusual connections. So, yeah, my guess is throwing random drinking drinks in a in a glass together that shouldn't necessarily go together to see what happens. I mean, you've 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 gone along a tangent I thought you might go on, but you've gone the wrong way. Okay. It's darning a litre of scotch in the toilets to loosen up for a marketing ideas meeting. <laughs> yeah. What is thickularity? And that is thick with a C and a K. It's not one of those yeah, yeah, thick, thick. funky okay. new hipster double thick. Thickularity. Uh, thickularity. Um, oh, shit. I don't know. Um... Give me a clue. Is this a sort of combo of thick and singularity? I mean, I'm not smart enough and I'm looking at the answer. Okay, just tell me the answer. It's when society collectively reaches the point where it has become too stupid to function. Yeah, okay. Again, I thought these were supposed to be current. I think we passed that point, haven't we? What is a combo harvester? Is it when you go to somewhere like a harvester or a Weatherspoons, you get the two for one and you have them both yourself? Sort of. Okay. It's someone who can bang a meal deal down really quickly during their lunch break. Mine was better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what is a scrotinizer? Scrotomizer. Scrotinizer. Scrot. In eyes, so like scrutinizer, but scrote. Yes. Is it a magnifying glass for inspecting your testicles? A very, no. a very modern concern, that. No. It's a dog that sticks its nose into blokes' trousers. Yes, that is. Yeah, okay. Right, I feel this one's going to be pretty easy for you to work out. What's a back sack twat? Back sack twat? Yes. Um. Well, I mean, all the words are pretty clear in their meaning. I'm just not quite sure how they apply to a context of a modern <laughs> definition that's required there. Well, there is the element that you don't live in London, so you don't have oh, to right. encounter back sack twats. Okay, go on. Um, so often. It is a person swinging a lump pack around in a space with all the care and attention of a drunk uh, drunk yes. driving top who's forgotten is towing a horse box. Got it, yeah, they don't really encounter that one as much down here. What is an arsclamation point? Um, is that when you're so desperate not to shit yourself that you're squeezing really tight like an exclamation point. You're so close, you're just <laughs> with the wrong species. Uh, oh, is it when is it a when a cat walks past you, sticks their tail in the air, so you have their tail and then their arsehole like the exclamation point? Yes, or a dog. Or a dog. So in this, in this, it's a dog's arsehole that's on permanent display due to its vertical tail. There we go. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. One um, more. One more. We'll do one more. What is a Russell Pang? Russell Pang? Yeah. Um, uh, is it that, is it having been in lockdown so long that you miss hearing people eating popcorn in a cinema? Uh, no. It is an inexplicably overwhelming desire to eat food you don't even want triggered by the subliminal audio detection of crinkly food packaging. God, that was a long story. As in, so you hear someone eating something and then you want to eat it even if you don't like the thing. Yes, you hear somebody You hear somebody eating some crisps, so yeah, you want some crisps. Fair enough, okay. Okay, so... Other game. Uh, we'll we'll put, a, a, a put a marker in that. Yeah. So we're now going to go back to bad choices. Uh-huh. With these bad rules, yes. A zombie apocalypse, would you sacrifice everyone here to save yourself? Yes. But we're playing it individually. Yes, Peter, So you sacrifice yourself to save yourself no I would sacrifice you <sighs> fine 
Next question, totally unrelated. Have you ever been punched in the face? <laughs> I te- well, sort of. Uh, so I got in precisely one fight when I was young. They took a swing at me with their fist, and I missed their fist. But then I turned into their boot bag, <laughs> square across the face. Really hurt. I should uh, point out. Okay, I have not been punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Have you ever punched anyone properly? Uh, yes. It fucking hurts, yes. doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> I never tell you that bit. Have you masturbated in the last twenty-four hours? Yes. Yes. For $100,000, would you spit on every new person you met for a year? Ooh. COVID makes this complicated. <laughs> or does it make it easier as we're in lockdown? <laughs> well, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, I've not met anyone new. Define met. I, 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 I just says every new person. Well, like, if it's someone like, year. if it's just like, if I cross, like, passing the street on the other side, does that count? No, as well? okay, no, it yeah, doesn't mean okay. that. I assume uh, it's introduced to. Well, as a lot of my job is involves training people new to my company, I think I'm going to have to go with no, because 100,000 is not yeah. going to offset the loss of my employment. Okay, I think we know the answer to the next one. Certainly, I know my answer. Do you support, support polygamy? Uh, just to clarify the meaning of the word, that's non-monogamy, not bigamy. Yes, no, pol- polygamy is yes. Pol- yeah, yeah. Polygamy is 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 marriage. Yeah, yeah. Multiple marriages. Oh, multiple marriages. Simultaneous marriages. I mean, I support non-monogamy. Simultaneous marriages is complicated because I just feel like the definition of the marriage is... The idea... Our institution of marriage is so based around the idea of it being two people to the exclusion of others that it gets super complicated if we try applying that into people who are in more than one relationship. Uh, but that is yeah. way quicker than I can answer it like, like this. So, vaguely... I feel, so, I feel that... Polyamory, yeah, um, yes. You, polygamy, not sure. Okay, well, I'm going to go with polyamory, yes. Polygamy, yes. Next, have you ever been blindfolded during sex? Yes. Yes. Have you ever got a tattoo that you regret? No. I don't have any tattoos, so that's fine. I have tattoos I would like to add to and develop into more, but I don't regret the ones that are there. Okay. Next, have you ever stolen from your employer? Not intentionally. I have. My old my old job, um, I was told to put down extra mileage on um, uh, on my form. Uh, and so I, I stole about a fiver. Shocking. Um, I know. Would you sell out your friends and family for fame? No. No. Would you be willing to look 10 years older in order to retire 10 years younger? Yes. No, I would not. I mean, I already look. I mean, I'm now 36. And it's only now that people believe me when I say what age I am. Because mm-hmm. people have been thinking I've been in my mid-30s for the last 15 years. No comment. <clears throat> have you ever driven more than three hours to go on a date with someone? Um, define, I'm going to say just three, hours, three hours in each direction. Yeah. Each just to find date though because I, I mean I had a long distance relationship with someone who was in another country which I used to travel something like six hours for to spend the weekend with them but I don't know if that counts no I don't think that counts in which case no I think, not, for, I think not for like date, a, no, no they're not for like an early date yeah okay uh, no, I don't think so. Although if it's if it's an hour and a half in each direction, then yes, my ex that yeah. made me and you friends was an hour and a half drive from my house, despite still being in London, because uh-huh. that's how fun London is. Not still angry. No. Mm. Oh, okay. Last question. Would you rather eat live fish out of a pet store aquarium or listen to polka music 24 hours a day for a month listen to polka music 24 hours a day I have a phobia of fish okay well I love polka music <laughs> well, we, can, well, we can listen to it together then we'll be fine yeah that's fine okay well that, that's that's enough that's enough questionable decisions for Great. for this episode yeah 
<laughs> so, yeah. I'm glad you said enough questionable decisions for this episode and not just enough questionable decisions for the rest of our life because clearly that's not going to happen. Next. And that was episode 20, full of cheer and and this time full of a, a movie review because I will have remembered to put it in. And if I've forgotten to put it in, this is going to be deliciously ironic, yes. <laughs> no, just so you know, Matt, tomorrow I've got a very busy day. <laughs> um, I've, got, I've got two members of staff coming back for their first day for three months, and I've got an afternoon full of training and a morning meeting, and then I have to drive across London to pick up my boyfriend okay. and then drive home. So... So what um, I'm hearing is, for those listeners who are listening the day this is posted in September... No, 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 it will be posted tomorrow, but what I'm saying is, the earlier you get it to me, the better, and also, whatever you send me will be what goes up, because <laughs> I I do not believe I will have time to listen to it and then, go, and then give you notes. So, whatever you're hearing now, listener... I hope it was what I hope it was what we said it was going to be at the start of the episode. Um, what we should just start doing an intro is just spinning a wheel and be like, today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about rainbows. Yeah. Guess we better put the rainbows in, Matt. And then Did when I t- do the edit, I'll I mean, just spin the wheel again. We may have discussed anything. Who knows? Well, we shall be back in two weeks, um, and we will briefly discuss the Eurovision movie, won't we, Pete? (sighs) Yes, we will. Excellent. Okay, so we should discuss the Eurovision movie. We'll be discussing something at the main point. I can't remember what it is now. Uh, And we will be discussing Circus of Books as well. Yeah. That will be Euro- If we discuss the Eurovision movie, it won't be a puffs on the telly. It'll be you talking yeah, in the intro me. and me tutting. Like, yeah, standard. So, okay. see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, or even if you didn't enjoy the show, feel free to get in touch with us. You can reach us uh, on Instagram at The Variety Show. You can reach us on Facebook, um, also at The Variety Show, or through our website at thevarietyshow.com. Uh, some credits. The theme is by Purple Planet, and our logo uh, art is by Tito Bravo. Uh, and if you did enjoy the show, um, genuinely, it would mean a lot to us uh, just uh, to rate, um, rate, review, and recommend uh, it really is uh, important for like kind of uh, startup podcasts uh, to just get the word out there to recommend it to friends. You're far more likely to listen to something that a friend has told you to listen to. Um, apart from me, who never listens to anything that Pete recommends me, but don't use me as a good example. No one ever has. Uh, we will see you all in two weeks. Bye. knew that'd get you let's keep recording this one i'm so alone (laughs) you're fine come on let's eat your steak come on eat through your isolation this this steak used to be alive (laughs) like you